everybody, and welcome to Mixed Up with Mary and Monty. I am Monty. And I am Mary. Welcome to our little podcast here. Episode 9 coming your way. And uh, we're getting into something pretty fun today, I think. Yeah, at least I felt the energy oh, as I really was fun. building this podcast today. Yeah. Yeah? So today we're going to talk about live music, live songs, the wonderful feeling you get when you're at a concert or you hear a live song on the radio or something. I always, I always corresponded to a concert atmosphere. Oh, yeah. yeah more yeah, more than anything else. What was the first concert you went to, Mary? Um, Do you remember like, that far? Yeah. The first concert ever was Anne Murray. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a very weird... I don't remember any of the music. I just know it was Anne Murray. And then I was on somebody's shoulders. And there was those, like, neon snappy things that oh, you wear awesome. on your wrist yeah. and you <laughs> yeah. like that that's so that's my first memory but i think as i got older i don't remember exactly but like 10 11 was lionel richie yeah that was good and uh sheila e opened for okay. him and it was a revelation because they turn off all the lights and then she's like playing the drums with their glow in the dark drumsticks and it's like <laughs> oh my god she's amazing <laughs> so and I, that was uh, the Dancing on the Ceiling tour. So he did that thing where he goes out over the yep. crowd mm-hmm. and then comes back. And so that was magical. My first concert was Neil Diamond in the Round. Ooh. Yep. At, at Celebrity? Uh, no, at uh, America West. Oh, nice. The big concert, like nice. the big tour that he did. But uh, That's amazing. at that concert, I realized that I, uh, I couldn't see. We were oh. up in the rafters, and I was like, why is he so blurry? <laughs> and I remember my mom gave me her glasses, and I was like, oh, he's clear now. Oh, That was wow. the day I realized that Sweet Caroline could be a wonderful song live, and that I couldn't see. Oh, that's, so. a, that's a double... Yeah. That's a big lesson right there. You're and like, then hey, came look, the I'm awkward years in glasses. So. <laughs> yeah, contacts for kids is probably weird. Yes. I was probably nine. Yeah. Yeah, nine. That's pretty yeah. huge. That's... Like, you set the bar pretty high by that being your first concert. I'm going on, I want to say, like, 9 or 10 (laughs) with uh, Metallica. Is that the band you've seen the most, then? No, Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam, of course. I've seen Pearl Jam, like, 12 times. Yeah. Um, And Weezer, I've seen quite a few as well, too. Samesies, yeah. Who else? I get to see Weezer in September. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Wu-Tang I've seen quite a few times, but never, like, oh. I've never seen a version of Wu-Tang that's been the full team. Right. <laughs> I've always seen, like, here's Method Man and Raekwon and Ghostface and RZA, yeah. and then that's it. But I I did see Wu-Tang when ODB was still alive. Wow. That's yeah. A, that's... And he was there. Right then in the diary. He was there, but Method Man wasn't there, and, like, like two more guys weren't yeah, there. You're never, so. <laughs> never going to get them But I've yet to see them again. live. I'll, t- I'll never see them with ODB, but I've still not seen them live with everybody. It's too many egos, I think. Well, yeah. yeah. How many times can you really make that many people organize themselves? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to I've get seen, in the same spot. I've seen Rage Against the Machine quite a few times. Me too. Like, probably yeah. five or six. Mine's Maybe like four. eight or nine oh, for wow. Rage. Yeah, it was like it felt in that era, it was like Rage either opened for somebody or played with somebody. Yeah. All the time. Mm-hmm. Toward like, like beasts. So. Zach De La Roca um, had a cameo on lyricist lounge this hip-hop album that came out in like the 19 late 1990s yeah and uh i always wanted to see him do a full hip-hop album because that song that he has on there is like a 
it's featuring Karis One and a couple oh. other people. But I remember thinking, I'm like, Zach Taylor Roka should, should do. Like, well, there was album. a lot of expectation for Zach to do something yeah. after Rage, like, or even during it. It was mm-hmm. like, is this egomaniac, big mouth guy going to do his own thing too? Because he's good enough and he still hasn't dynamic. But Tom Morello has done yeah. more than he has <laughs> right. with Rage. Yeah. I guess being an activist kind of yeah takes away from touring. Right. Let so. him let him heal the world. <laughs> so yeah. is it healed yet? How about, like, in the last, let's say the last, like, 10 years, what are some concerts that you've been to you've been, like, unexpected, yeah. like, I didn't expect them, I didn't expect to like this concert that much. Because I have two right off the bat that I can Yeah, think you of. go ahead, because that's a lot for me to process in 10 years of time, because I've seen so many great shows. Yeah, you go to um, far more concerts than, than yeah, I do. Yeah, it's, it's been kind of slow this year, actually. It's been weird. If I feel a little funny, so I'm going to have to start picking it up. I probably get about 8 to 10 a year. Yeah. What are you at? Uh, this year, like I said, it's been really slow. It's only been like five, yeah. which is weird. But yeah. on average, it's at least once a month. Yeah. You know, so. This year's only been like three so far. Yeah, it's a little yeah. weird. I mean, now we're in the summer. Now we're going to get into the touring in the fall. The springtime is always great here because yeah. we get the offshoots of Coachella and everything. Mm-hmm. And then summer dies down and then we get into the late summer uh, into the fall, people start coming back. Yeah. Because, you know, Who it's wants hell to come here, here in, the, in yeah. the summer? <laughs> we literally Suburbs. have to pay people to come here. So. When people tell me that they're going to go to, like, let's go to Tempe Beach Park in in July for this concert, I'm like, nope. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I'll see them when they I'm come okay. back around in their inside of <laughs> It arena. has to be somebody you really, really, yeah. really want to see. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, yeah, it's like, little... I love Atmosphere, but I've skipped Atmosphere like three times because they've come in the summer, in the summer to play Mesa Amphitheater. Yeah. Or they do the Beach Park shows, and I'm like, forget <laughs> yeah. that. Well, going. it's funny. I was talking about that. Like, Warp Tour still happens. You know, how, yeah. many, how many years now has Warp Tour been happening? Yeah. I can't, I don't know the origin even, but like, what age do you hit when you can't do Warp Tour anymore? You know, because yeah. of like heat and just when do the band start not being applicable to you you know and general disgust with the youth (laughs) (laughs) right and it's very it's a lot of energy i remember feeling like i was gonna die a couple times in warp tours it's it's awful (laughs) Uh, mine was ozfest oh yeah and i might be going back it's not ozfest i don't think they call it that anymore but there's slayers coming this summer Oh, yeah. So I have a buddy of mine who we always, we miss Slayer together like the last three times. So he <laughs> said, let's go to the Slayer concert. I'm like, oh, when is it? He's like, sometime in the summer. And I'm like, oh. oh. Is it Pavilion? Oh. Is it outside? I think so. Yeah. yeah. There, there but you go. OzFest used to have like, they used to have a main stage and the second stage. Mm-hmm. The second stage was a parking lot. Right. Black asphalt. Asphalt, yeah. That oh, was awful. Make it I saw, a thousand I think it was times a, worse. Kill Switch Engage or one of those bands was playing out there, and I was just like, "This is the worst." Like you could feel like your heat were yep. like on fire. Well, your, your feet, feet start, were on, yeah. <laughs> your shoes start to melt into the asphalt. It's awful. Yeah. This is the worst. Well, this is an interesting thing because I don't know how many people outside of Arizona listen to our podcast, so it's like correct. Um, don't go to a concert like, <laughs> in Arizona in the summer, non-Arizona <laughs> we are people. A different breed yeah. because of that. You know, other people in other parts of the country, this is the time they get out and go to the yeah. most amount of shows. So I went to a concert at a like a. I think it was at a, a beach or something, maybe like an outside mall in California. Mm-hmm. And it was July, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to go. And I remember we got there, and I'm like, they ain't bad. Right. Because <laughs> nice. in your brain, you're like, no, it's going to be 150,000 degrees, <laughs> and I'm going to sink into the asphalt. So. 
two two bands I, I can remember in the last ten years that I were unexpected for me. One was I saw Adele at Marquee Theater. Wow. Her first time here. Her album hadn't even hit the streets here in wow. America yet. And she played here with the script. Mm, and yeah. I remember I didn't know who the script was. Now they're they're major pop stars. Yeah. And uh but uh they played and Adele was up. And I'm like, okay. I said, I I know one song, Chasing Pavement, was, was yeah. the only song I knew from her yeah. at the time. My wife and I went. And it wasn't even sold out. It was, like, still, wow. like, standing room in the place. And here comes Adele, and she does, like, ten songs. She does a beautiful cover. And I was like, that was blown away. I was yeah. like, I'm, I remember telling my wife, I said, this, she's going to do something, like, she's going to be huge. I don't know how she could not be huge. Yeah. Now if she came back to town, there's no way you'd yeah. see her in a venue that small. She'd play U.S. Airways. Yeah. yeah she came sure. out in a poncho. I remember that. She came out in a poncho, <laughs> and she had mentioned something about, like, I wanted to get something that is authentic to Arizona, oh, and she had a poncho on, and the crowd just was like, no, it's not, that's not authentic to Arizona, <laughs> so she took it off. <laughs> a poncho. <laughs> that, wow. and uh, I, I, well, love, I love Charles Bradley. Oh, yeah. And that Charles yeah. Bradley show at Crescent was, was pretty um, amazing. Yeah, that was... Uh... Well, I knew what to expect for that one, though. I knew it was going to be amazing just because of his work ethic yeah. and everything. But it, I didn't it think is he, very memorable. I didn't think yeah. he was going to be as interactive with the crowd as he was. Yeah. I well, thought maybe he'd be like, like you, there would be the stage, here's the crowd, and there's the artist. Right. You know? But, man, when he when he started getting into it, I was I remember telling my wife, I said, He's, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, you watched the documentary, too, yeah. right? Yeah. And the, with him, you know. That he sings to each person in the crowd. Mm-hmm. That he looks at each person. He yeah. tries to connect with every person in the room. And that in itself will make it a very yeah. special show. And in a room like that where there's only 500 people. Yeah. That in itself is... Yeah, that's a really good memory yeah. over the last few years. Um, speaking of uh, that venue, which reminded me... M83... I went to see M83. I had tickets and then I had an extra ticket and it was kind of like, okay, I'll go. And it was that day. And it was one of the best shows I've ever seen there. Wow. And I, you know, I'd listened to Midnight City a few times and knew it was good. But then to see them live, there was this whole light show and just the ambiance of it was wonderful. So that's one that comes to mind. Um, There's so many. Yeah, <laughs> I can't think so off many. the top of my head other than I'm 83 right now. Um, well, live so music many. definitely, like, it changed the way I thought about music and musicians and how they sure. re- react and, you know, kind of interact with the crowd. So for me, it was appreciation of, like, the artistry of not necessarily being just a musician, but also being a performer. Yes. Um, and seeing how so many of these these groups can make you love their music even if you go in hating like i'm not a big fan i don't really like these guys like u2 did that for me yeah i i went into a u2 concert and i was like okay they're gonna play the hits but, they will know. win you yeah. over that and is a in show. a matter of like 20 yeah. minutes man i was like these guys are amazing yeah they're so good yeah it is it is what they do is like the epitome of big rock show yeah. but it's a sing-along and it's uh you know yeah it's a they will change your mind. That's yeah. I wish <laughs> more people it got to experience it as opposed to hating that band. Yeah. You know, it's not to say that their last record was my favorite and mm-hmm. I didn't even really like it that much, but 
This was the first time, actually. This year is the first time in my life I didn't go to a U2 concert, so it was really weird for me. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like I've turned that corner and that I was really upset that I wasn't there, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. but I've, I've luckily had that experience, and they keep pushing things. They've got enough. They've got so much fucking money. Oh, yeah. That they can push things shown-wise, too, so... That's that's the good and bad of being a person that's gone to a lot of shows. Like I get it, but sometimes you just want the band to play. Yeah, you know yep. you don't need all the bells and buzzers, and you know mm-hmm. it's still cool. Push things, but I don't know. I, I've gone back and forth. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm kind of torn on. I tell people all the time that <laughs> I've yet to like go to a concert where, like, if I went to go see a, a band again, I've yet to see a band again where they've erased my love for that first concert yeah like i don't of know of course like, I know, it's the first dance yeah. it's that i love a, it first sight. i have a friend of mine who won't go to if he goes to a concert and he loves that concert he will never see them again like he'll <laughs> wow. yeah he'll stop seeing them unless huh. he, he said the only exception is if they make an album along yeah. their career that he just like falls in love with then he'll go back huh. but if he sees them live once and he loves them he'll never see them again because he doesn't want to hmm. like ruin that experience uh, yeah i guess teach yeah. their own yeah. like he doesn't want to that's the whole, like, if I die tomorrow, I just saw the best show ever. Yeah. Kind mm-hmm. of mentality. Yep. Um, well, I mean, if we going back to the bands we've seen the most, Foo Fighters, I mean, yeah. how many times? <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I sometimes, somebody asked me the other day, I'm like, what? Wait, let me go to my toes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? And to me, it's never boring. Mm-hmm. Because I like the way they do it, and well, that's like it's like you too, you know. They they put on a fucking show. They don't. Paul McCartney is, you know, my ultimate live experience, mm-hmm. um, followed by Foo Fighters, just because they both play minimum two and a half hours, yeah. which I think is what you should do when you play a show. Yep. If you're an artist with more than two or three albums, like, well, I'll say three. I'll mm-hmm. give people a break. Yeah, <laughs> but you're able to play at least two hours play mm-hmm. that two and a half three hours and people pay a lot of money to go to these shows yeah. these big big shows and mm-hmm. that's what bugs me sometimes you know. about hip-hop concerts like you, you'll go to hip-hop concerts and they'll only play like maybe a portion of the song sometimes mm-hmm. like especially these yeah. guys with large large catalogs of songs mm-hmm. they'll play like the first like 45 seconds or their favorite verse and then they'll jump into another song they do like a medley of like 10 yeah. songs they're like they get all 10 in but not full 10 <laughs> songs yeah yeah, I haven't but. seen a lot of hip-hop shows, actually. I've, uh, yeah, I really haven't in the last few years, either. I yeah. Don't, yeah, I don't know. Doomtree was is. this past year. Doomtree was Oh, that's awesome. right, I missed that. That you, small you went little to that. venue, oh, it was great. They were oh, yeah. so good. Eight that was the best I've seen them. Yeah. That was the best I've seen them. All right, so all this talk leads us into our show today, which we've entitled Alive on Four Legs. Today we'll discuss our favorite live songs, and we'll start as we normally start with Ladies First. Well, thank you, Monty. Um, This was really fun to pick out, and I didn't realize how many live records I had, and like songs that I preferred the live versions of, just because it was maybe the first version I heard. And that's the case for my first track with Bob Marley. Nice. Um, I picked No Woman, No Cry. Uh, You know, everybody has legend. Mm -hmm. Well... I mean, I'll say everybody has at least heard Legend, Mm -hmm. uh, 50% still own it. (laughs) And then they keep buying it because they lose it and get it again. 
Um, or the, buy it on vacation. Right. <laughs> when you need some chill music to... Right. <laughs> it's kind of a common denominator to make people feel just okay. It's like, yep. hey, do you want some water? You know, mm-hmm. it's that kind of audio ease. Uh, but especially that one, I think I gave you a different version for No Woman, No Cry on this mix that I gave you. But okay. I like any version of No Woman, No Cry Live because... What Bob Marley teaches me, or what he has taught me, is like that improvisation thing. Because I thought the first version I heard was the version. And mm-hmm. then especially with reggae, the tone changes. Yeah. Like the beat changes. The vibe of what they're playing in that crowd changes. So mm-hmm. the version I picked, uh, just because I had it, was a slower down version. Which is still even cooler. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, Bob Marley is a presence. Yeah. You can hear it, most definitely, and the band is incredible. The backup singers, Rita and the girls. Just the harmony, like, you can't fail. Yeah. So I chose to open with Bob Marley, No Woman, No Cry. Legend has been a staple in my yearly music listening for years now. And it's summertime. Car trip. That that kind of made me think of it too. You know, the first song I ever, first album I ever played for my son from start to finish was that Legend album. (laughs) I bet he loved it too. He loved it. He fell asleep promptly after Mm. two songs, which made (laughs) it even better for me at that time (laughs) on the car trip. You're like, oh, that worked. So where I'm going to is kind of with reggae. 2005 brought us this live album, live album from Jewish Hasidic reggae artist Modest Yahoo. Yeah, that's a great song was recorded in Austin, Texas at Stubbs. At Stubbs. This is King Without a Crown, one of my favorite live albums of recent years. I worked in a uh, healthcare facility where I was given permission to create a playlist for the gym, Um, and I put this album on there when I first heard it. And I just played it straight through. Didn't even like shuffle it. Just start to finish straight through. I had so many people come up to me, like so many people I didn't think would like the album. Mm-hmm. Would like, oh, who is this? I gotta get this album. Who is this? I gotta get this album. And I'm like, young person, old person, nice. All all across the all across the board. So I like to think I sold a few units for Modest Yahoo. So <laughs> I'm sure you did. Maybe a shout out on the next album if you're I listening so. to this, Modest Yahoo. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> Anyways, here is King Without a Crown by Modest Yahoo Live and Stubbs.
song good pick i'm kind of uh keeping along with that uh rock group mentality with my next song july 1971 brings this next group one of my all-time necessary live albums every music buff should listen to this is at fillmore east by the allman brothers band it's a demonstration of how concert live music can change the identity of a band uh sick of playing their standard three and a half minute tracks that you get on all records in their recording sessions. Dwayne Allman decided that the band's third album would be a live album to free them up a little bit more to experiment and showcase what they can do on stage. It's recorded over three nights at the Fillmore East in New York. The Allman's Brothers Band crafted extended jam band songs, basically, for this yeah. for this whole album. It's amazing. Whipping Post is probably by far one of my favorite live songs ever. Get this album. Get Idle Wild South. Get Eat a Peach. You will not be disappointed by anything from the Almond Brothers, Brothers Band. Here is Whipping Post. And I just stand by and take it, baby. Oh, for loving you. I throw myself inside, bro. As I look at what you've done. But nothing seems to change. The band times stay the same. The other thing, actually, about putting together the live thing, the live collection we've put together today, is the listening to it on the road, because there's like that extra bit of energy. It's oh, more yeah. human. It kind of makes you go faster. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> um, uh, I don't. Are you a fan of this next band that I chose? I am. Okay, good. I am, and I'm. It's funny because uh, the only album I have in my entire catalog from them is this live album nice mm -hmm. well it's really good uh yeah. i chose the stereophonics they're a wonderful um they're welsh is yeah it? Mm -hmm. yeah they're welsh band um very 90s good brit rock yep but this live album in particular as you said i mean if that's the only one you have yep. then there's just something that encapsulates the evening very well he's a really good showman yeah. um and it's recorded well. In the Dakota song, I love the studio version, but the live version, Man. you can feel him. Yeah. You can feel him talking to this person and, you know, mm -hmm. the take a look at me now. And the crowd is really into it. And I don't know. It's a, it's a special band. And I feel very kindred to those that really like this band because it's kind of, 
it's like Oasis, but not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a really just solid stereophonics, Travis. You know mm-hmm. that that really good. I'm a I'm an English, I'm a Anglophile <laughs> in a lot of ways. I love a lot of British bands, and so anyway. So this is Stereophonics Dakota live from Dakota. Key Club. This is the boys from Pennywise. Hmm. Make the list. Speaking of Warped Tour, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've seen Pennywise twice, and uh, both those shows I went to, the song Bro Him closed both shows. <laughs> I was the guy who looked like the hip-hop head at these shows. Didn't quite fit in. But I remember I had a buddy of mine. Went to the same school together, went to the same concerts together, never talked to each other one time in our entire four years of going to school together. It took almost four years after being out of high school for us to finally like sit down i saw him somewhere and i'm like hey man i didn't know you go here and he goes yeah man i didn't know you go here too we started talking next thing you know we're naming off concerts that we've been to mm-hmm. every pretty much every single concert in high school that i went to he was at <laughs> and it was just so weird because yeah. he he looked like the punk rock guy i look like the hip-hop head guy yeah. we just never crossed weird we never crossed groups in high school ever we never crossed it at, at once so uh, it was now he's like one of my like sincerely best friends in the world. Well, yeah, you have a lot of shared experiences. Yeah, very much. It feels like we've known each other a lot longer yeah. than we have. Um, these these co- these concerts in the '90s were the concerts that began my changing taste in music, and yeah. I was very much I think I told you before hip hop, heavy metal, was kind of my two my two realms. Mm-hmm. Breaking out of that required seeing Pennywise live. Yeah. So, this is uh, Pennywise live at the Key Club. This is broken. Let's see you can lose. Why are you here? 
crazy. Him and the dog crazy. All right, all right, all right. Calm down. <laughs> so that song, I do. You know, we talked about Warped Tour. That's when I saw Pennywise, mm-hmm. and it was like the last song. You know, because it's I. I'm guessing that's always their last yeah, song. It's so. probably their closer. But that's a good, really good example of what you need to do a really good live performance for that uh, type of music, like that anthem. Yeah. That anthemic mm-hmm. thing, especially if you're talking to a crowd, people need an anthem. So yeah. mm-hmm. it's a very good. It also just reminded me of like summers in the 90s. and. Yep. Sweaty. Uh, dressed it, inappropriately for summer weather. Well, I was at least. <laughs> what were you wearing? Pants. Oh, well, Pants you're from Arizona. And, uh, I mean, if you're hot, you're hot. Like a boss t-shirt or something, <laughs> something ridiculous. Well. No, no, it was probably it was probably Dickies with the hard crease with a Dickies mm-hmm. button up, right? Yeah. The white shirt underneath it. That was my go-to. Sh- style. My go-to style with my style? Chuck Taylors and the fat laces. Right. I mean, if you're fucking hot, you're hot. Yep, you know right. what I mean? So. Slick back here. I didn't care. Right. You're like, whatever. It's going to be hot. I'm just going to be hotter by my one degree. My three flowers in my hair would come, would come back real easy. <laughs> I bet. Just like the sweat and the... Sweat ugh. and grease. It did remind me of uh, another band I've seen a lot was uh, Goldfinger. Oh, yeah. I just had Goldfinger so many times. Yeah. It was ridiculous. So, um, <laughs> But another band that I've seen a lot is U2, and I've already talked about them today. But I'm going to talk about them again. And because I didn't pick any Beatles this time, I, <laughs> I figured this was kind of like a bridge where like, I could, where I could, you know. Uh, when I brought it up, I told Tammy, I said, I'm going to take a guess at like four songs that Mary's going to pick <laughs> from the Beatles, right? And I'm like, it's going to be this one or this one or this one. And then I'm like, oh, no Beatles. Uh, what were you going to pick? Something from the rooftop? Shout. Yeah. Which one? Yeah. Yeah. Rooftop, yeah. <laughs> yeah. rooftop did, I was like, Mm, don't let me down from the rooftop yeah. is one of the best performances but I forego yeah, hey. anyway <laughs> but uh, we can talk about film too mm-hmm. the other uh, I saw Rattle and Hum the film multiple times before I saw U2 live yeah. you know my sister had already seen them because that's 1987 when Rattle yep. and Hum comes out um and I had seen Unforgettable Fire, like mm-hmm. the the VHS of yeah. Unforgettable Fire at Red Rocks, and but anyway, so the importance of U2's Rattle and Hum in itself as a film is very important. So it's just kind of my way of you know a tribute to a film that can capture a live performance like that, but still be a documentary. So, yeah. and then this scene in particular with Helter Skelter. Where the you know it's the rock and roll stops the traffic because they are doing their rooftop yeah. performance, yeah. and <laughs> so it's all a tribute to the Beatles. And of course, one of my favorite lines from Bono is, "Charles Manson stole this from the Beatles. We're stealing it back." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this is you too, Helter Skelter from Rattling Hot.
So, I don't know. I'm not even going to try to cross over from that because that song lives in, on its own. Yeah. So I'm going to go a completely different direction. Erica Badu Live. I played this song one time before covered in our covers mm-hmm. podcast by uh, Jim James from My Morning Jacket. We're going to talk about Tyrone today. I love talking so, about Tyrone. You start off a song by saying, I'm getting tired of your shit. You know nothing, but something entertaining will follow. <laughs> <laughs> you know my love for Erica Badu. This song oh, yeah. made Erica Badu a mainstream name. Yeah. What I love about this song is the interaction with the crowd that she has at the very beginning. You can feel that these are the, the majority of the people there are probably women. Yeah. And they are just like this is the anthem for them and it's such a great sensation when you feel it. When some of the lines she hits in the songs get like cheers and hand claps and woos and all kinds <laughs> it's so great. That's the quality I love about live performance. You are crossing that barrier and making the concert something personal for everyone in there. It's a rare and beautiful thing I think that Erica Badu accomplishes through this entire album. So you better call on Tyrone. A uh, quick question from, is this from the Unplugged or from Lilith Fair? Or this is where from is Erica this? Badu Live, the oh, album. Oh, from yep. the album, okay. Mm-hmm. And didn't they play this on MTV quite a bit? Yep, quite a bit. Because I remember that experience all very uh, vividly, like... Just watching that whole show and yeah. over and over because they played the shit out of it. Yep. So. All right. I love this song. So here's Tyrone. I'm getting tired of your shit. You don't never buy me nothing. See, every time you come around, you got to bring Jim James. Paul and Tyrone See why can't we be by ourselves Sometimes See I've been having this on my mind For a long time I just wanted to be So matter of fact, I think you better call Tyrone. And you can't use my phone. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like you are a strong black woman trapped inside (laughs) Monty's body. Because you really identify with Erica Badu. I do. I do. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what that is, Monty. Tyrone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Maybe she just helps you along in your journey. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I love Erica. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. I've, just to let you guys know, I've told you before, I get these, these songs before. I had to look for this next selection by Mary. I had to search it out. And in the process of searching it out, Mary never told me the backstory that came along with no, it. No, it's a surprise. So, you surprise me every week, so I figured yeah. I'd surprise you a little. So when I came across it last night at like 1230, when I'm searching for these songs, <laughs> yes. I was like, no way! <laughs> and I started texting Mary, didn't even realize it was 1230, she's probably asleep. So. Yeah, it was midnight. No, it was really awesome, because I was like, oh good, somebody's excited. Somebody, <laughs> Only my friends really understand 
how uh, important and like yeah. effective that memory is for me uh-huh. and was, and my brother. You know, it was awesome. The uh, <laughs> how do I how do I even start this conversation about this story? Um, the song I chose is from Kenny Rogers, mm-hmm. the legendary Kenny Rogers. Legendary. Um, did you find out what year this was? Was this two thousand or two thousand two? I can look that up, though. Um, anyway, early 2000s. This is before plastic surgery, mm-hmm. when he was just still looking normal. And Kenny Rogers is one of the best performance. Like, he's a terrific performer. Man doesn't need a microphone. Like, when he sings, he mm-hmm. can either hold it down here or hold it away and fill the room. So, um, But they used to do a show on A&E yep. called Live by Request. Did you watch that yep, show? Yep, I did. And, um, Looks like it's 2001. 2001. So yep. I was, I was, I'll just shoot from the middle there. Yeah. Anyway, so there used to be a show, A&E Live by Request. Callers could call in, and it was truly a live show. Um, my brother, a huge Kenny Rogers fan, <laughs> is watching the show and calls in and gets through, <laughs> which is just like, what? <laughs> and I remember my mom and him both calling me like, Minutes after it happened, they're like, Andrew's on TV, Andrew's on TV. <laughs> you know, it's just his voice, but um, it's just a really cool thing because he's 20 years old at the time and he's just really young. Yeah. And he, he, my brother sounds young, and it's just a really cool memory of him. He's on a recording with yeah. Kenny Rogers, and Kenny literally says, Well, thank you, Andrew. Like, it's really weird and awesome to hear Kenny Rogers talking to your brother <laughs> recorded. Well, he has an experience, I think, all all music fans want yeah to look up yeah. at the person who's singing and be, say hey they're talking directly to me play this song right <laughs> yeah i mean it's literally like that person just played the song i requested and it's fucking kenny rogers yeah. you know yep. like so my brother requests coward of the county um it's funny because you can request, see That's yeah coward of the county is a very key kenny yeah. rogers song and it's um it's about and it's very indicative of my brother. You know, he's a peaceful man. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't fight. He's not a fighter. He gets pissed, but he's not a fighter. And it's all about people calling you the coward of the county. But yeah. in reality, you're the wisest one. And you don't, you know, you don't use violence. You use mm-hmm. your strength of words and wisdom to avoid these stupid, <laughs> yeah. dumb people. But the other cool thing about this is that I was working at Virgin at the time. And then when it came out on it came out on cd and dvd um fast forward kenny rogers also goes on tour so my brother and i go to see kenny rogers at celebrity theater Mm -hmm. and which is insane like kenny at celebrity is wonderful but we get the chance to meet him afterwards too that's awesome yeah so we're back there and by the way he smells wonderful (laughs) he smells like suede (laughs) and cologne like he's the most cowboy smelling person i've ever smelled but Anyway, so my brother, you know, it comes full circle. Yeah. My brother gets to say, hi, I'm Andrew. I called in for the live by request. I'm on the recording with you. And he's just like, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. It's great <laughs> to meet you. What a wonderful story. Oh, and awesome. thank you. So anyway, just sum it up. It was like a full experience of Kenny Rogers. And so this is Kenny Rogers live by request doing Coward in the County. Live by request on a and I'm Mark McEwen. We've been having a wonderful time. I just said who macrameed Linda Davis's outfit. What a wonderful outfit she has on tonight. <laughs> Andrew from Pine Top, Arizona. You're on the air with Kenny Rogers. Hello. Hey, Andrew. Um, I would I'd just like to say thank you. Um, 
I love your music. I'm a brand new fan. I'm, I'm a young man, just 20 years old, and right. I've just grown to respect your music so much, and I love your music. Thank you. I just want to say thank you, and uh, I would love to hear it. I love that song. He said Coward in the County. Coward yeah. of the County. Coward of the County. Yeah. Everyone considered him the coward of the county. He never stood one single time to prove the county wrong. His mama called him Tommy, the folks just called him Yellow. Something always told me they were reading Tommy wrong. He was only ten years old, my daddy died. I took care of Tommy Cause he was my brother's son I still recall the final words My brother said Son, son my life is over But yours has just begun Promise me, son Not to do the things I've done Walk away from trouble if you can That's awesome Shout out to your brother. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. I went to a Bob Dylan song next from Martin Scorsese. Let's let's bring it back. So Martin Scorsese made a great documentary about Bob Dylan called No Direction Home. Mm -hmm. On the accompanying soundtrack, the famous live performance at the Newport Folk Festival, where Dylan performed for the first time electric with a backing band and recent Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees, the Paul Butterfield Blues Band, Uh, he did Maggie's Farm. And, you know, it's history. It's yeah. a historic moment for yeah. him. Some purists will call it a betrayal. I, however, like to think of it as innovation for yeah. this guy. So I'm not even going to give you much more than that. Because I love that you picked a historical one. Yeah. Because that is a, that is a pivotal one. Yeah. It's, uh, so here's Maggie's Farm. some intermission uh, discussion about this song. Jeremy, our, pro- our our producing partner over here, came in and said uh, he didn't think it was Paul Butterfield. They thought it was the band. And I think uh, maybe I should make amends and say it was just a part of Paul Butterfield yes. Blues Band and Mike Bloomfield, who was on guitar. So 
Anyways, it's now still it's still historical. It's it still is. amazing. So. And we had a fact checker this yeah. time around, so it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this next one is way different from Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> way different, and many years later, this is 1988. Um, like when I was pulling things together, I mentioned earlier that I was surprised at how many live records I had and things that I didn't. I was like, oh, yeah, Depeche Mode 101. That's mm-hmm. live from Pasadena. Yep. Like, that's that whole... It didn't es- explicitly say, and I remember wearing this out, you yep. know, and being able to listen to this at that time. And I was 11, but I got into Depeche Mode a little bit more when I got into high school, mm-hmm. junior or freshman in high school. So, anyway, I just love this version, Depeche Mode Behind the Wheel. Yeah. At the time, too, it was very... I mean... Depeche Mode is a very key, important band for me and for a lot of people. Yeah. It's not New Wave. It's not super 80s New Wave, but it's still 80s. But it's still... Um, it had that dark, interesting thing, and I was surprised at how well these songs translated live. Yeah. So, anyway, so this is Depeche Mode Behind the Wheel from 101. left mm-hmm. away from Unusual. where we were just at because i am changing this piece up <laughs> again <laughs> so we're gonna go from uh 101 depeche mode live at the pasadena rose bowl we're going to carnegie hall next Ooh. with bill withers another nice. recent hall of fame inductee um the great bill withers made it to carnegie hall and he put it on a record live at carnegie hall's bill withers doing what he does best being personal telling stories making a concert that feels intimate and private for everyone that's there. Grandma's Hands is probably one of my favorite Bill Withers songs. It's storytelling at its finest. Yeah. And Bill Withers singing about his passions and love, I think, is, has been a detail in every one of his songs. So it makes his music so personal. It's, it's very much like you're sitting somewhere, you're upset, you're happy, whatever. He's going to come over and give you something just for you. And I think that's what uh, Grandma's Hands always reminded me Aww. of. It's short, it's sweet, it's beautiful. It has a phenomenal introduction where he gives you some background on, on Grandma's Hands. And Live at Carnegie Hall is a, a wonderful, wonderful live album. Here's Grandma's Hands. And the Honorable Reverend back there had an old bass drum that somebody gave him. And when the groove got right and the fat sister hit the stove and hollered and Grandma shook the tambourine off the hip, the Reverend would get the feeling so good, he just hit himself all upside the head with the drumstick. Yeah. 
I love that old lady. Love that old lady. Grandma's hands clapped in church on Sunday morning. Grandma's hands played a tambourine so well. Whoa. Grandma's hands used to issue out a warning. She'd say, Billy, don't you run so fast. Might fall on a piece of glass. Might be snakes there in the grass Grandma's hand Grandma's Bill Withers hand. is amazing. Yep. His voice is undeniable. Great documentary called Still Bill, if you ever want to see what Bill Withers is up to nowadays. He's an interesting dude. Did you put everybody that just got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame into <laughs> the yet. rest of this mix? No, or no. Should I, should <laughs> I know? Like, no Joan Jett. Not no, yet. That's no, Monty's. No Joan so. Jett on this one yet. <laughs> um, okay, good. Good to know. Uh, number seven for Mary. This is The Clash, and this Ooh. is uh, London Calling. This is from their Live at Shea Stadium performance, mm-hmm. which is insane. Like, the coolest, weirdest thing about The Clash is... You know, The Clash is a punk band. like, But this punk band's playing Shea Stadium. And I don't know how many people... Is it 80,000 at Shea Stadium? But the crowd's just, like, insane. But Joe Strummer, being Joe Strummer, still controls the crowd so well. And it's uh, live from the Casbah, as I like to say it, (laughs) instead of live from Shea Stadium. Because they still try to make you feel like it's in that small arena. But... I can only imagine, like, the turmoil of a band like that playing Shea Stadium. They knew they were popular enough, but I don't know, mentality-wise, like, I feel like they were maybe forced into playing mm-hmm. it because of their popularity. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just a weird... It's a punk thing versus sellout versus... At any rate, Live at Shea Stadium, the whole album is amazing. Oh, yeah. And they make you feel like you're right there. So this is a clash. London Calling. I have no tail I'm not drowning And I Live by the river Kind of sticking, uh, sticking with the theme here. 
Um, the theme of which? The live theme? The theme I should uh, hope yes, so. the live. I'm, I decided <laughs> I'm going to go a whole new direction. I'm going to songs <laughs> that have live in the title. No, no. Nope, Weird. we're going to stick uh, in that realm. We're going to Morrissey next. Good. Recorded in Paris in 1992, this song from Beethoven was deaf. It's Jack the Ripper. Oh. I saw Morrissey live a few years ago in Sun City, Arizona, of all places. It was a great concert. I saw Bob Dylan there. Yeah, I missed Bob Dylan that, there. So. I wanted to see him there. I saw him at the fair instead. And, it, and uh, I love Dylan, but... The fair's pretty good. It was... It was, it was under, underwhelming. So. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. This is a very sore pretty, spot in my pretty, life. Uh, yeah, you concert. look pretty defeated by it. <laughs> so this is probably the song I would like to see live from him most. He didn't play it when I was in Sun City. I actually came across this song as a B-side first. That's a, mm -hmm. That's interesting. So... Here is Jack the Ripper from Morrissey from Beethoven is Beethoven was deaf. Live in Paris. I know you. And I know a place where no one is likely to pass. Oh, you don't care if it's late. Don't care if you're lost And though you look so tired But tonight you presume too much How was he? He was great. Yeah? He tore off his shirt and threw flowers at the crowd. And Beautiful. <laughs> he did the same thing in Sun City. That's the only time I've seen him, actually. Yep, Sun City and is the only time for me. Yeah, so it's funny that I saw Morrissey at the fair. You saw Bob Dylan at the fair. <laughs> yep. I saw Bob Dylan in Sun City. <laughs> you saw Morrissey in Sun City. <laughs> yep. It's all about the balance, Monty. It's the beauty of Monty and Mary. Yep, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so Balancing yeah. it out. We have the same experience, but not. <laughs> we'll get all bases covered here. Um, so this one combines us both, though, very, very yes, well, I very think. Yes, very much. Uh, yep, I agree. I chose Pearl Jam, Yellow Lead Better. My favorite Pearl Jam song. Really? Oh, yeah. Hands down? Hands down. Yeah? Love it. Mine's a, it's really hard for me. Elderly Woman. Yeah, is great song. Way up there. Yellow Lead Better, though. Made the thing about... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing... This is on The Daughter... Mm -hmm. um, this I, I was on a kick for a long time where I had to have every Pearl Jam single, import, regular, every version. So this is from the daughter single, the import single. The funny thing being, this is an import single, but it includes two live tracks <laughs> from Mesa, Arizona. That's awesome. <laughs> you know? So this, in November 1993, Pearl Jam plays two nights at Mesa Amphitheater, which... You know, two years after 91 hits, and it's just huge. I wasn't there because I was in high school yeah, in another there. town. Yeah. So, um, But I remember getting this single and being super excited that it was live from Mesa. And I was like, oh, my God. And this was the thing that made me want to go see them so badly. Mm -hmm. And that was the first year that I was like, okay, 
how do I get out of here to go yeah. see Pearl Jam yep. on tour at some point? And I just thought it was really cool that it was at Mesa Amphitheater, and it's just such a, it's a good recording. Yeah. And I was listening to it the other day and how still comical it is that Eddie is <laughs> like <laughs> on headphones. He's, I'm like, I can't understand you, Eddie. I get what you're saying, but I still don't understand how funny it is that... Anyway, so this is Pearl Jam, Yellow Lead Better, from Mesa Sam Theater. Go back and listen to uh, Mary and Monty episode one, mm-hmm. where I play the yellow, but the yellow lead better, and talk about how important it is to me in my life. Not Man, it took me a long time to really get <laughs> to find, see them. You live. have less of an excuse because you were close. I was, I do, I am, and I, like I said, it, it it was that Pennywise concert that spread me out after yeah. that and got me into other stuff. And at that point in time, when Pro Jam was out, I missed so many opportunities to see them because I was just too much in my box. Yeah, but you oh made well. up for it. Yeah. My next song, we're going to our boys from My Morning Jacket and their live album, Okonokos. I believe that's how you say it. Okonokos. Okonokos. I said it wrong. Is that really Okonokos? I always say it Okonokos. We'll go with you. Okonokos. I, I like it. <laughs> uh, call this the concert psyching choice because I'm very happy that My Morning Jacket is returning to Arizona mm-hmm. before the end of this year. I saw them here at Marquee Theater in 2007. It's been that long. This song is done. It has been that long. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, anyway, it sorry. didn't seem like it was, well, yeah. they they were part of the uh, band from Arizona for our politics oh, here. Oh, that's right. So they stopped coming. They're one of the few that yeah. have really held it up as long as they did. Yeah. They there were a bunch of bands who didn't last that long. Yeah. But uh, this song we're going to listen to is Dandate from their live album Okanokos. Let me say it right from now on. <laughs> Recorded at the Fillmore in San Francisco over two nights. My Morning Jacket, they're an amazing live. Mm-hmm. Uh, the precision yeah. of their songs, the improvisations into their jam band areas are always spot on. They sold me on the night that they played here in Marquee. I, I was still kind of on the fence. I had Z, I had a couple of their older stuff, but I wasn't completely sold yet. Mm-hmm. When they went to Cobra, about halfway through, and that song is super long, I was like, these guys are, these guys are legit. They're these guys wonderful are wonderful live. Yeah. I think in 2007, that was, uh, it still moves, right? Uh huh. Or no. Was no it? I thought it was Z. Z it just w- came out. It was Z. Yeah. Yeah. And then It Still Moves was 
the next year because yeah. they were very prolific in putting things out. They had all those shows on Channel Eight and stuff like they did oh, a yeah. bunch of shows on yeah, like, yeah. live concerts on there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I totally wholeheartedly agree. And I didn't really like I didn't really like the jam band thing. Mm-hmm. My morning jacket like makes it rock enough for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. I really enjoy it. I'm so. not trying to say anything bad about like a Dave Matthews band, but <laughs> a Dave Matthews band live jam band stuff to me is a little boring. Yeah. Uh, My Morning Jacket, they, they put so much into it. And whether it's new instruments, whether it's just new arrangements, the way they slow it down and speed it up, I think is a lot better than other people that you'd consider a jam band. So here is uh, Dundante from My Morning Jacket and Okanokos. This is Monty live chewing. He brought pretzels, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so this is what happens when you bring pretzels to a podcast recording. Where are we, Monty? We are what on you next. What we are number doing? 17. What? J.A. <laughs> J.A. Okay. Another uh, talk about Mesa Amphitheater mm-hmm. for a minute. Uh, I had never seen Jane's Addiction before. It was 1996, I believe. Yeah, it had to have been 96 or 97. But it's the Kettle Whistle Tour, mm-hmm. which uh, there were, you know, there was in our era of the 90s and that whole experience, there were so many, because of MTV Unplugged, I think, it really uh, made artists elevate their game of being live because all of it was being recorded and, re- and actually played on television, mm-hmm. you know, Erica Badu. Uh, Nirvana, everybody, you know, they had a lot of live shows at the time, but Kettle Whistle in particular, I had never seen Jane's Addiction and knew about the shows because Lollapalooza and I never caught them on that. So anyway, but the cool thing about Kettle Whistle was that it was a little different. Uh, It had Flea on bass Uh um, because the other person was having some issues. Yeah. But I love this version of Jane Says from Kettle Whistle because the intro is so different. Everybody loves Jane Says Mm because it's a folk song. Yep. It is our American folk song, and everybody knows Jane Says. But that intro and that difference. And I got the chance to see them at Mesa Amphitheater Live, and it uh, it was one of those moments that I will never forget in my life and such a beautiful experience. And they came out into the middle of the crowd. They had a mini stage set. And so they all come out and play in this like little hut thing that they played. And so it was just so warm and happy. And then like, you know, these bohemian strippers on poles in the middle of everything. And very Jane's addiction. 
really is. It's a great version of it too. Yeah, you can you can feel it. Yep. I had kettle whistle on cassette. I just had a memory of that. That's awesome. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> We're going to a little metal here next. A little okay. metal here next. I've seen Maiden three times. I always go into their concerts without much anticipation. I've always been blown away all three times. Fear of the Dark was the song that made me a Maiden fan. I remember I had a cousin who gave me the cassette for my birthday. It was already opened, and he had listened to the whole album, and I had moved, like stopped it on Fear of the Dark. And uh, he said, here is where you should start the album from. And uh, yeah, I've been a fan ever since. And I remember one of the first times I saw Iron Maiden, I was pretty young, probably maybe still in my early teens. Yeah. This is the first time I ever saw... Uh, like in one place like i i had seen i had seen girls pull their shirts up (laughs) at at concerts before but this was like the place where i was like everyone's doing it (laughs) everyone's doing it why haven't i been to this concert before so young 14 15 16 year old monty was just like this is heaven this is heaven so here is uh iron maiden's fear of the dark from rock in rio rock in rio okay I was gonna ask you if you did Rock and Rio, or they have a live at Brixton too. They have don't a live they? at Brixton. Yeah. This is Rock and Rio. Here we go. I am a man who walks alone when I'm walking a dark road. Night are strolling through the park. When the light begins to fade Sometimes feel a little strange A little anxious when it's dark Fear of the dark Fear of the dark I have a constant fear that something's always near Fear of the dark You Fear of the dark <laughs> Have a phobia Someone's always there They're cousins. So they could totally, I don't know why they don't why go on tour this, why together. Why hasn't this happened yet? <laughs> That's the uh, Family Values Tour. <laughs> 2015. <laughs> 2015 edition. Yeah. No Olympus. Well, that's no the other thing. You know, historically speaking, we're talking about how many tours were created in the 90s. Mm-hmm. That was another one. Family yep. Values, Warp Tour, Lollapalooza. Ozfest. Ozfest, uh, Bonnaroo, and Coachella. Coachella. Like... Just a boom yeah. of, and now you could go to a festival every fucking month mm-hmm. in yep. the United States. So we should go. We should go to a festival and do live recording. Perfect. Let's Monty do it. and Mary live at uh, the Family Values 2015 <laughs> tour. It'll be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the only concert they let us into would be like Monty and Mary live from Showstoppers Live. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. 
Um, a band that will never do Showstoppers is the next band that no. I chose. A band that will never reunite is yes. a band. Uh, it's a little band called Led Zeppelin. I don't know if you've heard them before. Uh, they toured in the 70s, <laughs> and they went to California, <laughs> and they did a phenomenal show that was recorded, and it's called The Way Out West yep. Recordings. Um, so, of course, I chose going to California Perfect. because it's one of my all-time favorite Led Zeppelin songs, and I love it's the Way Out West, and so they're in California, and that line when he says... I didn't see too many this time when he's, you know, it's like that first improvisation where he's talking to the ladies of L.A. So, anyway, so this is Led Zeppelin going to California. My chances on a big jet plane Never let them tell you that they are I wondered how tomorrow could ever follow today Mountains in the canyon start to tremble and shake The children of the sun begin to awake song by Led Zeppelin. Uh, Killing Floor is a song written and performed by Howlin' Wolf, though the version we are going to listen to today is from Jimi Hendrix from the 1967 Monterey Pop Festival. He burns his guitar at the end of his concert and destroys this cover of Killing Floor in a way that Jimi Hendrix only can. He was a genius and should be listened to live. Take take every opportunity, music, music buffs, to find a live record of his. And listen, yeah. because the way he plays his guitar is unlike it, the way anybody else will play it. It'll make you appreciate his talent and art so much more. Here's Killing Floor by Jimi Hendrix live at Lord, no! I should have been 
Jimmy. Ooh. I wish I had a time machine sometimes and I could go back and see Jimi Hendrix. That'd be would you go back to uh, awesome. Would you go back to Woodstock? No, I wouldn't go no? to Woodstock. Where'd you go? I'd go see him at Fillmore or something. Yeah. You know, I'd go to San Francisco to see him. Woodstock yeah. seems like a nightmare to me. It does. <laughs> like mud yeah. and rain. I don't like the elements very much when it comes to a festival. I like a roof. <laughs> Outside, it has to be like perfect weather. Like I saw my morning jacket in Portland mm-hmm. in the spring, and yeah. that's like, ah, that's okay. But I go see David mud. Hasselhive live oh. on the uh, wall. <gasps> that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. That's right, go. You bring extra <laughs> cheeseburgers with you. <laughs> Just throw them at him. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, Live Aid. Live Aid. Live Aid, Actually, yeah. I can't believe this. At this point, I haven't fucking talked about Live Aid yet. Yep, we haven't, I haven't talked about Live Aid. I haven't picked anything. I didn't pick anything from Live Aid. You still got time. You can change oh. it. But you got some good ones coming up. I do. You're closing it out I do, like I a do. champ. <laughs> I do. I was so intimidated last night when I got to the closers. I'm like, I gotta match this. Great. Uh, another festival from the '90s that was very pivotal was the Tibetan Freedom Concert. Yep. Uh, coordinated and spearheaded by my man MCA mm-hmm. and the Beastie Boys, who worked together with the Tibetan monks to. And then all of their friends, you know, at yep. the time Grand Royal's going on, and so they have a bunch of Grand Royal bands playing and everything. But this uh, performance, because the Beastie Boys put this together, MCA in particular, just like the energy of it is insane. Yeah. And Root Down Live. Um, I hadn't seen them yet. I think I saw them probably like a year later for the first time, a couple years later, actually. Anyway, so uh, I picked Root Down. Because there is the breakdown. When they go into Apache, (laughs) it's like the coolest fucking breakdown. It's very... The Beastie Boys teach you about improvisation and the Mm -hmm. change because they've got a live DJ. Yep. And there's so many cool things happening in this song and how fucking spazzy Ad Rock is. He's like, (laughs) you know, and he just turns into this little animal and he's just the energy is insane. And at the very end... MCA pulling it all together and reminding people why they're there Mm -hmm. you know so anyway so this is the Beastie Boys root down Down in the middle to uh, Sugar Hill Gang's Apache. And uh, that's Hurricane. That's DJ Hurricane. Yep. Bef- so, right before the change with Mixmaster. With Mixmaster. Yeah, 
uh, you can't deny those DJ skills no. on that. That's insane. Yeah. I stuck hip hop with here because there's uh, really not a whole lot of hip hop live albums, but there is one I do liked. Back by the Roots, Jay Z went unplugged on MTV and made okay. one of the few live hip hop albums. Takeover, the battle song taking target against uh, another New York rapper named Nas, is given more boastful confidence as Jake and displays that he is one of the most diverse and talented hip hop artists working today. Uh, add in an appearance by Mary J, making cameo on Can't Knock the Hustle. And uh, on the takeover, with the roots adding the dissing loops of Uchi Wally from Queen's Biggest, Queen's QB's Finest, and Shook One's Part Two from Mob Deep, Jay Z takes the mic and dares anyone to take it from him. This is the takeover from Jay Z's Careers come to an end. It's only so long, fake thoughts to pretend. Homie, you ain't living, you witness it from your folks' pad. You scribbled in your notepad, created your life. I showed you your first tech on tour with Lars Professor. Then I heard your album about your tech on the dresser. So yeah, I sandwiched your voice, you was using it wrong. You made it a high line, I made it a high song. And you ain't get a coin, homie, you was getting plugged in. I know who I paid, God, certified publishing. You should. You said you've been in this band, I've been in it five. Smart enough, Nas. Four albums in ten years, homie, I could divide. That's one of me. Two. Two of the things was new. One was. The other was Illmatic. That's a one high album every ten year average, and that's so. Homie, switch up your flow. Your shit is garbage, but you trying to kick knowledge. You cats gonna learn the Shook respect. Ones, the Shook One's part two. That, that song by Mob Deep oh. is amazing. And this song, and I know it's Jay-Z's takeover, but the Roots, when they jump into that, I'm like, man, the Roots are amazing, and I got to listen to that Mob Deep album again. I, you know, I'm not very well-versed with my Mob Deep catalog, so oh. I can't... One day we're going to do a, pod, a podcast that's going to be... Oh, oh it's going to be so great. It's going to be so great. The hip-hop one we're going to do? Oh, yeah. It's one of these days. Yeah. Well, I should just like sit back and watch you do it. Oh, I would love it. I, I want to know what you, you know a lot about hip hop too. I know a thing or yeah. two. Yeah. I know words. You know words in hip hop. I know I can read. <laughs> 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 I haven't seen Hustle and Flow yet though, so yeah. maybe mm. I could do that first. Anyway, TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. TikTok. Uh, from the Jay Z to the actual king and the, the actual, actual ultimate yes. soul live person. <laughs> live performer uh this was stevie wonder's first single too yep i don't know where this comes from but all i've ever heard fingertips is this crowd live version mm-hmm. i've never heard a studio version uh i've never tried i guess yeah. because this is the only one i've ever wanted to hear as this well is the only one so, I found, so and he's such this is his first single this is when he was little stevie wonder yep. um it's fingertips just the energy of it there's, I mean, there is no doubting that Stevie Wonder was a gift, mm-hmm. and he's like, there's none other yep. <laughs> like Stevie Wonder. And from an age like this, where he's so powerful and the whole crowd's so into it, and he remains himself from that day until now. Like, there's still, he had his own style already, and it still shows throughout mm-hmm. his entire life. So, this is Stevie Wonder. Oh, 
Great story told between it goes back a little bit, but we're gonna let it we're gonna let it go right now. So Mary has a story uh, you'd like to tell everybody. When we saw when I saw the Foo Fighters at Mesa Amphitheater, that first tour, we were right in front because I was already obsessed with them. Well, I haven't already been obsessed since Nirvana. Like my best friend got Kurt and I got Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so anyway, we're at the show at Mesa Amphitheater. My friend John, who's huge and like six foot two or something, lifts me up. And I'm wearing a tank top at the time. And when he lifts me up, my tank top goes down. <laughs> so my boobs are out. And Dave Grohl cocks his head. And I was like, oh, my God, Dave Grohl's my boobs. I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> anyway, That's awesome. I was 19. Please give me a break. I was, hey. You know. It's all right. <laughs> so we're segueing from Stevie, and I, uh, I was looking for something. I already had something down for this, but I changed my mind because, I, and I changed it because I wanted to go back to someone that we've had pretty much, I think, on most most of the podcasts that we've done so well. That's Sam Cook. Sam Cook. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. So I was really close to picking something from the Apollo. That's where I'm yeah. at. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm, I'm, I took something from Harlem Square Club. Cool. So the smooth stylings and passionate renderings of all of his songs are amplified into this confident and energetic demonstration of soul music mm-hmm. uh, on the live album at recorded at Miami's Harlem Club in 1963. This album displayed the Sam Cooke was more than just a crooner, but that underneath was his album that this album displayed a live performer who loved his music and who loved his fans uh and an amazing twist on his hit song bring it on home to me and uh you just gotta listen to it i'm gonna let it play out a little bit when i when i put it on but here's bring it on home to me by sam cook at one night stand live at harlem square Listen here, baby. I want you to listen to this song right here for me. Got to tell you, I feel right now. This song gonna tell you how I feel. I know you've been going away from me a long time, but listen, baby, if you ever change your mind about leaving, leaving me behind, oh, bring it to me. Like I knew him. <laughs> <laughs> He's with us now. That's what it is. Um, I don't know. How do I even top that? I don't... Well, you do a pretty good job. I think our last two songs here are uh, are pretty epic. Well, 
to not disappoint you, I had to put one of the Beatles into yes. the live mix. Yes. And I mentioned earlier that live, Paul McCartney live is an incredible experience because he doesn't play less than two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And those two and a half hours go by like nothing. Yep. Like it feels like a minute. You're like, no, we'll keep going. Why, why don't you play this next? You know? <laughs> and I really appreciate the fact that Paul McCartney is still working. He works really hard and he tours all the time. Mm-hmm. He just did the... Um, you know, he just played O2 Arena, and he's still on the Out There tour. Yep. Um, but it's just a wonderful experience. I haven't, this might sound weird, but I haven't gone to too many shows by myself in life. Uh, Paul McCartney was, like, the first one where I was like, I can't not go to Paul yeah. McCartney, and I had to go by myself, because the bad thing about being a current fan of big bands like Paul McCartney, Foo Fighters, U2, the fucking ticket boxes are ridiculous yeah. you know it's like insane amount of money so i don't like to do that to my friends if <laughs> it's too much you know that's the only that's that's a hard thing and i wish i could get the experience of uh mid-level shows those are my favorite yeah. you know the 500 person venue shows those mm-hmm. are always going to be my absolute favorite level but there are people you can't i can't not share the sun you know, with the world. (laughs) So anyway, so Paul McCartney's, I chose live and let die because when you've seen him live, there's this whole like fireworks show, just like the showman and the pyrotechnics and the, and I loved the pun of us picking a live album. And and so I did live and let die. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so it's Paul McCartney and you picked the version from tripping alive. Fantastic. Yes. Yep. Thank you. that song but i'm sure gonna try (laughs) and this might be a little unfair to do but i'm gonna do it Hmm. um there is a reason why people scream freebird at concerts oh you did (laughs) it's because in my personal opinion freebird is the ultimate live song (laughs) so the definition of epic for from one more for the one more from the road by the great Leonard Skeener. <laughs> we got ourselves a free bird! <laughs>
lighter. Where's my lighter? <laughs> Free bird. Woo! <laughs> oh, man. That was fun. Okay. We got two more picks coming your way here from our man in the booth, Mr. Jeremy. And we are starting it off with a live performance from the David Letterman Show. This is the Future Islands doing a live version of Seasons. Enjoy. Yeah, for those of you that didn't watch the last, like, two or three weeks of Letterman, it was amazing. He had so many different great artists on. Tom Waits came on. Foo Fighters closed the show. Yeah. Uh, he had Dawes on. He had just everyone was yeah. on that show that, that last two weeks, and they were all great. Um, but, yeah, he uh, he did some stuff for uh, some musicians, Eddie. you know, as far as, yeah. A lot of our favorites that we've talked about yep. today, yep. you know. They all came back so. to do some show for him. All right, we're going into a great pick next. <clears throat> we got uh, Penguin in Bondage by Frank Zappa. And Jeremy's going to talk a little bit about this real quick. Just slightly. I'm a fan of Zappa. He's a weird guy. Uh, but he surrounded himself by some amazing musicians. I listened to this Roxy and Elf Elsewhere album. It's probably the first live, I've heard, live album I've heard of him. And it was just amazing what those guys could do live. Here it is, Penguin in Bondage by Frank Zappa from the Roxy and Elsewhere album. Shake up the pale, dry ginger ale Trembling like a penguin When the battery burns Lord, you must be having a jumping through a hoop of real fire With some Kleenex wrapped around the coat hang wire I messed that up, sorry Fucker <laughs> Fucker <laughs> There it is, ladies and gentlemen. There are our live tracks. As we just were talking, I'm sure we're going to have another live part two uh, coming up. Uh, tons of other great 
great uh, musicians out there that we can feature their live music on. So uh, go to your concerts, go to your record store, find this music that we uh, talk about, discover your own stuff, and uh, but just remember to keep listening. Mary, anything else? Uh, like you said, go support your artists. Go right. see the bands on, on tour and experience it for yourself because you will never feel more alive. That's right. Jeremy, anything else? Live. Man, a few the words. We're good. No. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we appreciate you coming out and listening to us. Uh, continue to listen to us. We're going to be a little bit more regular from now on. Um, yeah, we took our fiber. We took our fiber and we're going <laughs> to stay on track here. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Mixed Up with Mary and Monty. I am Monty. And I am Mary. We'll see you next time.